0: Oh, this you know how know these gummy are good?
1: Made in the USA. <laughs> eh, there's no way. <laughs> we don't make things anymore. This is late stage capitalism. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alright, so I'm gonna paint a picture here. For the All right. uh, I like how you're reading that. You didn't believe me? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to paint a picture here. You ready? Close your eyes. <laughs> it was the summer. No, I don't of trust two- you. <laughs> That's fair. It was the summer of 2007. Uh, the last Harry Potter book was finally out. Nice. There was an impossibly good Simpsons movie in theater somehow. It's and about to be 777, seven, seven, <laughs> the real end of the world. And hey time. there, Delilah was uh, tearing up the pop charts, unfortunately.
1: Dude, fucking A. <laughs> well, at least that song turned out all right. Uh. All music has been worse since. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but what was going on in the wild world of uh, video games, you asked? I heard you ask.
1: You did. No. Uh,
2: <laughs> nah, I don't care, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Well, while the uh, the rest of the country was suffering from the inevitable pop of the housing bubble, mm. uh, us uh, soon-to-be-doomed kids were enjoying an absolute fucking renaissance of amazing video game releases. Um, Rock Band, Uncharted, Mass Effect, Assassin's Creed, fucking Bioshock, Modern Warfare, the Orange Box and Portal, all started in 2007.
3: Also Jeez. Halo 3.
2: Halo 3 was also seven. yes. That's a um, hell of a year. It's a hell of a year. Those were all, like, new franchises that started. Well, you know, Half-Life, but, like... But that was uh, with the, the new con, you know, with the Wii and the uh, PS3 and 360 all out in full force. Uh, it was a really crazy year. Except uh, it wasn't all good in the hood, not for everyone in the industry anyway, because today we're going to talk about the great engine war between suicidal developer Silicon Knights and nice. now behemoth Epic Games. Epic uh, games,
1: epic games. Why do I know that <laughs> Have they done anything? They made a Fortnite? Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> That's right!
2: <laughs> we got that out of the way early. Uh, and this is in reference to their once-friendly deal uh, together regarding Unreal 3, arguably one of the most important and popular video game engines of its entire generation, um, in which the ongoing legal battle about the use of this not only led to the complete closure of a once-legitimate and, in my opinion, talented studio, but also the massive recall and permanent removal of uh, once actual on-the-shelf materials.
0: Nice. Yeah,
2: this is Hot Button, and uh, this is the tale of Silicon Knights v. Epic Games. Yep. Um, yeah, hell yeah. I'm Randall Beatrice, and uh, I am here with uh, Austin Blakesley, yeah. Chris San Antuano. Yeah. I was pointing to you guys so you could introduce yourselves,
3: <laughs> and uh, nobody took. T- yeah, really nobody good. took me up on it. I don't like saying my own names. Bad luck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like Baltimore. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so who's ready for
1: a war here? Me. Um, this is not the engine war. This has nothing to do with Henry Ford.
2: It could. <laughs> Just go on. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to do things actually a little differently today. Uh, as this story is kind of a biggie, uh, we're going to split Nobody hosting says duties. That. A biggie? <laughs> Just a go on. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> We're going to split hosting duties today. Um, we're going to kind of switch back and forth between our two companies here and, uh, and their sides in this fight. Um, because there was a bunch of different titles affected by this case, really. Uh, but at the very center of it was a little game called Too Human. And uh, But before we can run the autopsy and what went wrong <laughs> there with that game, let's, we're going to do a little history lesson first with our two uh, boxing contestants. Uh, so, Austin, why don't you take the winner, and I will take the loser... Normally yep. I would say losers first, but it actually looks like on our timeline here that uh, your company was founded um, first by one year. Mm-hmm. So uh, despite it being under a different name, I think. So why don't you yes. tell the tell the story of Epic Games?
3: Okay, so Epic Games was founded by Tim Sweeney in 1991. Tim Sweeney is not a name that a lot of people know. No,
0: but it's really a name. they should.
3: It's a name a lot more people should know yeah. because. In, in addition to being the CEO of Epic Games and rich as fuck, yeah. he is also mostly responsible for Unreal Engine as a whole. Do you in, think he uses the basic Fortnite scan when he plays? Probably. No, nah, he's, prob- <laughs> he's probably got all of them. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Epic Games was founded in 1991 as Potomac Computer Systems. There's not as
2: much of a ring to it. No, there's gonna be a definitely. lot of uh,
3: marketing v programmer speak here. <laughs> this guy is not a great marketer, but he's a fantastic programmer. Wait, uh, what is it again? Potomac Computer Systems. Yeah, there's no costumes and spirit Halloween <laughs> brought to you by Potomac Computer Systems. <laughs> uh, the kids all so into. This is where that very creative name came from. Uh, he was still a student at University of Maryland, okay. which was in Potomac, Maryland. Mm. Hence the name Potomac Computer System. <laughs> I'm following you so far. Yeah. Uh, he released a game referred to as ZZT. Uh, it was a zoo simulator. And naming really wasn't his thing. Yeah. Uh, he he named it that so that it would be last alphabetically on some list. Okay. That's why he named it that. <laughs> That's one, definitely a strategy. Yeah. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked him what ZZT stood for, and he said, nothing, I wanted to be last on the list, which doesn't make sure. any sense. Sure, yeah, but backwards yeah. race. Um, It took him nine months to develop, but again, here's how much of a nerd he was. Uh, It only took him that long because he wrote his own language before writing the actual game, (laughs) called ZZT Op. (laughs) Okay. And he didn't have any distribution or anything, and the internet wasn't that big back in those days, so he took orders by mail for the game. (laughs) <laughs> wow. People sent him in the money for the game and Box then he top. would he would write a disc out of it and mail it back to them. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, and, That's great. Uh, he sent the last copy in like 2013. What? Somebody found an old Mail-in thing for it and sent (laughs) it to him at his office at Epic Games (laughs) and he
1: like this is legally binding. He (laughs)
3: made a copy and sent it back to them. (laughs) So that's actually really cool. That is cool. And this was in the big days. Yeah, take a
1: note, Bezos. How about when somebody writes you, you give a little bit of that wealth
3: up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Have you written (laughs) to? No. (laughs) But the game did relatively well for uh, being written by one guy and. Needing to mail in money to get it. (laughs) It So in 1992, he decided that he wanted his company to be taken a little more seriously to compete with companies like Apogee and id. Um, (laughs) He wanted his company to sound important. So, what two words sound important? Epic and mega. No. (laughs) Epic and mega. So he renamed the game from Potomac Computer Systems to Epic Mega Games. (laughs) (laughs) So close, buddy. (laughs) So close. He wanted the name of the company to sound like it was more large and important than it actually was. (laughs) So he picked the two words that meant large and important and shoved them together. Um, But he had graduated college at this point and was getting more serious about making games. So he started hiring employees. Uh, I will name two names uh, because there were a lot of them and I don't know all their names. But the two important ones were Mark Rain, who was actually an ex-businessman who used to work at id Software. Okay. And in an interview, Tim Sweeney did say he credited Mark Rain with Epic being where it is today. He said, "If he hadn't hired him, he don't he wouldn't know if we knew the name Epic today. So
2: there wouldn't there wouldn't be billions of dollars richer.
3: I mean, if you're making a bunch of shooters for people that like Quake, you hire the guy that marketed marketed Uh, marketed Quake. (laughs) Quake. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, it's a not a bad idea. And then he hired a bunch of uh, a bunch more just out of college programmers, including one Cliff Blazinski, who was 17 at the time. Cliffy B. Yep."
1: Uh, he's not gonna come up again
3: <laughs> that dude sucks was that on
0: purpose? <laughs>
3: <laughs> he's not gonna come up again that dude sucks I would just like to point out that he was 17 when he got hired mm. and he had he is not as important as well, people I think guess he is. I'll
2: delete the lawbreakers part <laughs> off of my timeline <laughs>
3: um but yeah uh so that was 1992 a lot of shit happened in between that and what I'm about to say next we're gonna flash forward six years. Uh, games like Jazz Jackrabbit and a couple other games Woo. came out. Um, There's a sequel
1: to that, I think.
3: Yeah, there was. It's there was a sequel in there somewhere. Okay. But um, Epic decided to team up with a company named Digital Extremes, who you may who, who <laughs> you may know. These people's names. Get your
2: Pornhub uh, joke out now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh yeah, what do they do? Uh, <laughs> you may know the name Digital Extremes. They have made a few games on their own. Uh, one of them being Warframe. Okay, is,
1: Warframe, nice. Um,
3: but they they teamed up with Epic to make a shooter called Unreal. Never heard of it. Um, <laughs> but Tim Sweeney was actually, despite the the competition that would uh, bloom out of this decision, Tim Sweeney was a huge fan of John Carmack from okay. ID. Okay. Uh, yeah. And being a programmer, he was a huge huge fan of John Carmack's programming specifically. Hmm. Uh, Because John Carmack at the time pioneered a lot of stuff that first-person shooters still use to this day. He obviously made all the technology that went into Doom and Quake. Yes. So Tim Sweeney said, I'm going to make an engine where I can make something like Quake. Okay. Um, That game that, that would become competition for Quake was called Unreal. And so... What team in are another, you on? In another, another, <laughs> another, another in a string of very creative naming schemes, he decided to name his new engine the Unreal Engine. <laughs>
1: uh, Yo, this shit is unreal. We're making yeah. shit extreme over here at Epic Mega Games.
3: <laughs> um, Wait, was it Mega Epic or Epic Mega? Who cares? It was epic, epic, <laughs> epic space, and then as one word, mega games.
2: Oh, man. <laughs> it's even. Yeah, even it's, worse worse than, it's worse than you <laughs> yeah. think it is.
3: Um, but at the time, when they were working on Unreal, they started to show off their technology because he was very proud of it and he wanted people to know what he was working on. Um, that seems fair. Yeah, and check this out. What if it was a shooter, but you moved
1: 10,000 miles an hour, and
3: it looked like you were viewing it through a fisheye lens? <laughs> <laughs> you guys in? You um, guys in? <laughs> and the the idea of uh, companies using other companies' engines at the time that wasn't a thing. No, everybody um, made their own shit. But there were a yeah. lot there were a lot of companies who were tired of making their own game engines. Um, Makes sense. And so, without being prompted, Epic wasn't in the business of making this engine so other people could use it. No. They were making it so that they can make Unreal. But companies started contacting them out of the blue and saying, "We like what you showed. Can we use your engine to make our game?" Hmm. Okay.
1: Where did they show it at? Just some um, what a kind of some temp- nerd tech convention. Conference. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> uh, that didn't
3: come up in my research, but that's fair. Um, yeah, there was uh, two companies, Microprose. Who I believe is still around. Uh they made a Star Trek game. Uh which one? There's a lot of those. Yeah, there are a lot of them. I don't have the exact name here, but it was some long like Star Trek uh Discovery Legends two point three, the return of Klingon or whatever. I don't know. Um, um and then another game. Ultron. Another game based Another game based on the fantasy book series Wheel of Time, developed by Legend Entertainment. Mm. And uh, both of these games actually came out uh, before Unreal came out. Okay. So Unreal mm. was not the first Unreal Engine game to be released. This will be important later. Yes. Yeah. Um, when we, if you find out that sometimes you make an engine while you're making games, it's not the worst thing in the world. But some people, who Randy will later talk about, <laughs> don't really believe that. Um, but yeah, this was uh, this was also the start of a war between <clears throat> ID Software and Epic Games, which I won't get too far into because I feel like there's enough information there for its own episode. We might talk about that oh, later. Yeah, but um, I like Wars. <laughs> I'm American. But the, the, it was basically at the time, a lot of companies started contacting other companies who did good work and saying, "We want to use your engine," uh, and a lot of people went to Epic, but a lot of people also went to ID. And there are a lot of games to this day still using both companies' engines, the call of duty engine that yes, they're currently the using engine, right? is built on the quake two <laughs> engine yeah
2: that's crazy. I'm on Team mid by the way, between the two of those, so
3: I don't know have you played fortnite <laughs> um runs like a fucking charm, <laughs> yeah, you know what else is on it's Unreal like <laughs> G <PUBG. laughs> <laughs> runs like <laughs> a oh wait <laughs> um
2: runs like a fat three legged
3: so uh, so yeah, the Star Trek game came out, the Wheel of Time game came out, uh, and then in 1998, Unreal came out, and Unreal was a lot more of a hit than Epic thought it would be, and actually, and that- he made a <clears throat> game inspired by Quake, and then accidentally made Quake's biggest competitor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, a year later, in 1999, the use of Unreal Engine was in full force, uh, Epic Mega Games, uh... <laughs> Decided to move to an actual studio instead of being just a bunch of employees. They moved to a studio in North Carolina, where they still are. Into Epic North Carolina. That's when they decided to change the and, and name. And they dropped and they dropped the Mega from their name. About so time. as of 1999, they were simply known as Epic Games. Uh, at this time, the there were 16 external projects using the Unreal Engine. Nice,
1: that's
2: a lot.
3: Including two you may have heard of: the original Deus Ex. Nice. And yeah. a little game called Duke Nukem Forever.
2: Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, Duke Nukem Forever was in development for so long, that was also on the Quake 2 engine before that, right? Or something? Yes. Uh, that game was in development was on, since the 90s. It was on the Quake engine. 97? I believe it yeah. might
3: have been on all three versions of Unreal <laughs> by the time it came out. Um, wait, when it did come out, what was it Unreal 3? I don't know. That's a good question. It was a hit, right? Yeah, it was when totally it worth out? the wait. Yeah. It, it was not like one of the great worst game, games great I've game. ever played. Um, but Ugh. yeah, the one thing that Quake had going for it that, uh, that Unreal didn't game. have going for it was the, the multiplayer. A lot of people like using or like playing Quake's multiplayer. So <laughs> Epic's next project was announced as a multiplayer version of, ga- of the game Unreal known as Unreal Tournament.
1: Yes. So using this, is the first this engine. Time I played. Unreal Tournament 2003. I remember having, f- it was four discs.
2: I remember that being a good one. That was four discs
3: on yeah. oh, PC. We'll get there. Oh, okay. So this is the original <laughs> Unreal Tournament. 2003
2: was on PS3, right? That was the one that was... Nope. That was
3: Unreal Tournament 3. Or Unreal Championship 3. The names get very confusing. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so as soon as the engine for Unreal was developed, Tim Sweeney, I guess not in the habit of making actual games, he just started working on the next engine. So there were a lot of updates to Unreal. Now they had to worry about people... Not just internally, but externally coming to them with development issues. So,
2: hmm. All
3: right. Uh, it would make sense. You would dedicate more of time and workforce to that if there's a way to make money off of it. Right, yeah. So Tim Sweeney got to work right after Unreal Engine 1 came out. And in 2002, it was replaced with Unreal Engine 2. And again, Unreal Engine 2's first game was not an Unreal game. Unreal Engine 2's first game was America's Army. Oh my god! Um,
2: the recruitment tool. The recruitment I tool. That. Military
3: shooter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I played that. Game. Uh, so, unrelegi- I, re- I
2: remember there were literally parts of the game where you were like sitting in a classroom, like taking a test. Like it was a first-person shooter, and you were like in first-person, sitting in a classroom, like doing paperwork. <laughs> it was realistic. Uh, it was realistic. Yeah. <laughs> But again, which part of the game, when you
1: come back, does your country not take care of you? <laughs> is that in one of the DLCs? No, that's DLC. Or, damn it!
0: Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 that's <laughs> the end game, in that. <laughs> yeah.
3: it's really good. Um, comes with Prozac. But this engine, <laughs> this engine was developed for use with an Epic game, and that Epic game was Unreal Tournament 2003. Okay, there it is. Um, as well as Unreal Championship. Now this is where the naming gets very confusing. Epic started noticing that console games were entering the 3D space and being taken seriously, so they decided to start making their engines work on both consoles and on PCs. So this wasn't until Unreal Two that
2: ran on consoles. Unreal One,
3: there were again. There's so many names. Okay, so so they released Unreal Tournament 2003. Yeah, and then they released for the Xbox Unreal Championship which was a different series from Unreal Tournament. Call of Duty did that for a little while. Then they uh, once again upgraded to Unreal Engine 2 to what they called Unreal Engine 2.5, which I'd have to get into a bunch of technical details (laughs) as to what they updated, but basically they released two more games in those two series that were now running on the new 2.5 engine, and that was Unreal Tournament 2004, and Unreal Championship to the Leandry Conflict. you remember that game? That was the third-person one. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. Um,
2: Man.
3: As well as a sequel to the original Unreal called Unreal 2 The Awakening.
0: Oh,
3: God. So now we're dealing with three separate Unreal series. <laughs> we have Unreal, Unreal Tournament, yeah. and Unreal Championship. But this is when the Unreal Engine started to... Uh, really pick up steam. It was getting real. Yeah. And there were a lot of... This is when they started selling the engine to people. Yeah. Because, like right. I said, with Unreal 1, people were like, yo, can we get some of that so this, on the phone? But like...
2: This was before you... It was like a portion of your profits. This was just was just a license, like a flat-out license yeah. that you would buy? Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, and... Um, a lot of popular games ran on Unreal 2... The interesting thing about Unreal Two is that used um,
2: way longer than you'd think it would. Yeah, yeah, people
3: didn't know about Unreal Two at the time, though, because I don't know if you guys remember playing games like Mass Effect and stuff like that, but like or like Two Human. Well, Two Human wasn't on Unreal. We'll get to that later. But <laughs> it kind it, of was. Unreal, 3, <laughs> yeah. Unreal Three games had that U logo in the front, yeah. like the yeah. splash screen. That was a requirement for being a licensee of Unreal right, Three. It, was, it yeah. wasn't for Two.
2: Couldn't you pay to not see it or something? Yes, you could. Yeah, that was strange. Uh, but
3: you had to, they, it had to be somewhere in the game. Yeah. But Unreal 2, that wasn't the thing. So a lot of people don't know that Unreal 2 was used a lot.
2: Or if you're like me, you go into the files and then you delete all those videos so your PC games boot up faster. <laughs> yeah, You don't have to watch the NVIDIA thing spin around a thousand times.
1: Yeah, I never understood the, the Unreal thing. Like, any consumer really knows or cares about the engine that the game is running on. Uh, no, it's the
2: same with things like the Havoc's physics engine. And See, so you, so would, I mean, you
3: would think that, but, like, at the same time, like I said, Unreal 2 was... Not as big as Unreal Three, but a lot more consumers knew about Unreal yeah. Three. There was a trust there.
0: Okay, that
1: makes when sense.
3: When you play Gears of War and it looks and runs great, and it has that Unreal logo in the beginning, and then you play Mass Effect and it has that Unreal logo in the beginning, mm, there's yeah. like you're like, oh shit, they're using Unreal. This yeah, is gonna, yeah. this game's gonna look good. Yeah, yeah. So that was like part of the marketing of like requiring companies to put your logo at the beginning of the game. That's
2: only something I, I sort of became conscious of, like as an adult. Like seeing, you seeing know.
1: who's doing it. Yeah. 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 Like when it pops up dice, you know there's going to be lots of explosions on your PGA golf course. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know the
2: online's not going to work. Damn or. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: but Unreal Engine 2 was used for a lot of games for a long time. Uh, the first Splinter Cell game came out in 2002, the year Unreal 2 was released, and that used Unreal 2. Awesome game. And it yeah, was a good game. Every entry in the Splinter Cell series, Until except for the last one, Thought, oh wait Blacklist wasn't the last Blacklist was the last one. Oh yeah Blacklist was the last one Did they use it? God that game Yeah I don't remember okay. Conviction was really good though I right. was thinking of Conviction Yeah Blacklist was 2013 <laughs> Splinter Cell Blacklist came out in 2013 And it still used Unreal 2 That's Holy fucking shit. crazy uh, Games like Rainbow Six 3 used Unreal 2 mm. 13 used Unreal oh, 2 Oh man I remember that game yeah, I mean, uh, It was cool it Our old friend Advent Rising was nice. built on Unreal <laughs> <Yeah>. 2 <laughs> And even into the next generation, when Unreal 3 was out, games like Bioshock used Unreal 2. Which, Randy mm, said, Bioshock yeah. came out the same year as Mass Effect. Yeah. Mass Effect used Unreal 3. Bioshock was still using Unreal 2. That's funny. So, a lot of companies... Bioshock a
2: better looking game than Mass Effect. Yeah, arguably, yeah, <laughs> for
1: sure. Stylized better, so... Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: I mean, Mass Effect um, was like a bigger... thing, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, this was kind of the birth of, like, engine licensing... A lot of studios stopped making their own engines and started licensing out other engines so that they could get their ideas out there better and let them run faster. Some companies are just better off letting other people handle the technical stuff and letting their artists and their writers flourish. Some companies, however, (laughs) are much worse off when they license (laughs) engines. (laughs) <laughs> Specifically, one such company, and I'm going to pass it back to Randy yeah. to talk about this said company. This company
2: is literally like somebody shooting themselves in the head, and it's it, like, all right. So, Silicon Knights. Uh, have you, have you, I'm not sure if you've ever played any games that they've made, but I don't know if you recognize that logo: the sword through the, the two cubes, I think, or something like that. It was that. really cool. It was yeah, really cool. the, cool. it was a the, cool the logo. Cool logo. Yeah. yeah,
3: they did something right because knights have swords. <laughs>
2: Well actually they did a, they did a, they did a couple stuff right <laughs> <Yeah. Holy laughs> All shit. right so uh, they were con- they were a Canadian developer located in Ontario um and uh, so, barely, barely I, Canadian. <laughs> no one. I mentioned they were founded a year after Epic. This was 1992 yeah. by a programmer and gamer Gator Dennis Dyak.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, it should be mentioned they were founded the same year as Epic, but one year later than Potomac Computer Systems. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Oh,
2: okay. Yeah. Um, but they they got their start making strategy action games on PC for a while but before yeah. shifting to consoles with the release of a, a, a PlayStation One game called Blood Omen: Legacy of Kane in 1997. Like Decent game. Yeah. Um, they wouldn't hit their big break until their survival horror GameCube title Eternal Darkness Sanity's Requiem in 2002 after signing an exclusivity deal with Nintendo in 2000 during the game's development on the, the N64. Which was very rare at the time for kind of such a major Japanese publisher like Nintendo to team up with a North American studio this way. Yeah, they're like Nintendo, pretty protective of like their oh, IPs, yeah. but um, they saw the something. The Last time they fucked with the Americans, <laughs> <laughs> they they saw something in the studio and um, and were we're pretty big on like this game was published by them and this was the. I think only after the stuff with Rare and N sixty four, like Perfect Dark and um, Conker's Bad Fur Day, this was like the first real M rated game published by Nintendo. But this game was fucking awesome, and like I, like it's I don't know if you've ever played it. It was kind of done in the style of like a Resident Evil or Silent Hill style game, but it was it had this really cool sort of Lovecraftian and and Poe inspired lore, and it was was, yeah, that's what I've heard. Um, Yeah, it's really neat. It it was it was basically like. uh, you played as various characters throughout history that found this this tome that was made out of like uh, that was bound in like human flesh and blood and and it was cool it was it was essentially like you got to to sort of like kind of bounce around through time to like tell the story but it was it was a really epic game it's it's one of my favorite like pieces was was, was did um, you say it was an in epic game. game? <laughs> 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 it's one of my favorite um, pieces of horror fiction. Period. Yeah, it's, it's a shame the people uh, behind it kind of ended up being who they were, but it was a really cool thing. It was crazy. And it wasn't huge, like, despite the fact that how much I enjoyed it, it was not uh, hugely commercially successful. But it still gained the attention of a well-known video game director and artist, Hideo Kojima, whose team and publisher Konami granted them the permission to collaborate with Nintendo uh, to create Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes, uh, a whole top-to-bottom remake of the PlayStation One classic for the GameCube, and um, that was like, in my opinion, like uh, that and the Resident Evil remake on GameCube are, are some of the best, like kind of like modern iterations of classic games. Yeah. Like, well, modern at the time, obviously they're <laughs> pretty outdated now. But, <laughs> but uh, I loved that Twin Snakes remake. I know there are some there are some uh, hardcore fans that don't that weren't crazy about some of the changes, but to me it was just a better looking and better playing Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And being a fan of that series, it was neat. And, and, it, and it's funny cause both of those never left that console ever. Like in, yeah. in the, the modern age where like the, like the archival and re-release of, of games is, is so kind of, it's such a big market now. Like it's strange that those only exist just in that time. But it's a, uh, gem, it's a little gem for you. A little bit for me, anyway. You know, those were two very specific releases for me. The uh, The Twin Snakes was actually one of the few two disc GameCube games that was out there. Yes. Um, but this was uh, this was really uh, that game was released in two thousand four. Uh, the exclusivity deal with Nintendo ended at this time, so they only did two projects with them. And uh, Eternal Darkness was in development a long, long time. As I mentioned, that started on the N sixty four, but like um, initially, I think it was supposed to be a, a launch game for the GameCube. It got pushed back. But um, at that point, they formed a partnership with uh, Microsoft Game Studios. This was a year later, in 05, okay. to produce To human uh, a game previously stuck in development hell for nearly a decade. Jeez. And um, yeah, so I brought that game up earlier. This is kind of the, this is the thing that <laughs> pretty much makes this whole story, is the development around this game. Nintendo apparently even had stock uh, still within the company during this time, so which was it's kind of strange. Like, like they they went from being a kind of a little known sort of studio. Like, I don't know how big their staff was, but like they were first party with Nintendo, and then went right to being first party with Microsoft. So it it seemed like at this point they were going to be big. Like that 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 company was going to be a big deal. All the telltale signs. All the telltale signs, (laughs) and uh, so two humans. This game, like, this game was first announced in 1999 for the original PlayStation. They even debuted a teaser trailer at E3 that year for it. Um, it was set to be released on four discs, kind of similar to Square Enix's Final Fantasy VIII, I think, yeah. on the uh, PlayStation 1. Um, there were some early videos I mentioned earlier that I had to like, really hunt down. Uh, I think IGN uh, was the one that Hosted them at the time, but they presented Good. the game as like a third person action RPG, which was similar to what the final product sort of ended up being, except that it, without its strange, like dual stick controls and like zoomed out camera. We'll talk more about Two Human and like what that game actually was, but the initial p- pitch was it seemed like it was more of a Deus Ex kind of style, like sort of stealth game with some shooting. Yeah, when the end result ended up being something more in line with like Diablo like it hmm. there was a lot of emphasis on like stats and drops and and fighting like large amounts of enemies at a time sort of gauntlet style and it had drop in and out multiplayer you know when it came out but yeah the the initial thing looked way different it was also like at the time that news first came out about it the the story it, while in the end it still retained those themes of human cybernetic enhancements or whatever it was. My gestures there. The actual Classic human cybernetic uh, yeah. gestures. <laughs> right? The actual setting, was it was meant to be set in the distant future of 2450 AD rather than the alternative sci-fi take on Norse mythology that it ended up being. Weird. That change didn't come until later in development. So yeah, I don't know if you remember that game. I don't even know about Too
1: Human? It. No, I've like heard... You talk about it. I beat it. Yeah.
2: Did you really? Yeah. You're out of your mind. That game is I beat not a, good. Listen,
3: I beat a lot of uh, <laughs> firsts in planned trilogies that later got canceled. You don't know
2: how much <laughs> it breaks. P- this is number two on the podcast. <laughs> you don't know how much it breaks my heart that you. and Neither of us guys have played Eternal Darkness, and you finished two. You.
3: <laughs> Maybe they should make uh, Eternal Darkness for a better console. All I'm saying. <laughs> Listen, yeah. <laughs> I'll fight. About, I'll fight someone about the game. I'm dude, well,
1: I'm playing Fortnite, dude. I don't have time to play your <laughs> eternal dank shit. It's fucking garbage to me.
2: So this was um, this this kind of. Halted... I'll play
1: Fortnite. Don't come after me.
2: I think he he does. I see he's on a cell phone playing it right now. Yeah, I don't.
3: I don't either. He's playing it on a cell phone
2: in one hand and a tablet in the other. <laughs> They're just both laid out in front of him. Um, so th- at this halt in development that I mentioned, I. Uh, this happened when Nintendo announced their exclusive partnership with them, which is what moved the game off of the PlayStation and onto the GameCube initially. And prototyping for the game till still took place on the GameCube, but most of the staff at this time in the early 2000s was, they were devoting the majority of their efforts to Eternal Darkness and MGS, yeah. uh, the Twin Snakes. So news of that title went dead without any indication of further development for years. Until suddenly... Um, it was officially announced again in May 2005 as an Xbox 360 exclusive as per that deal with Microsoft. It was also revealed at this time that the game was going to be the first in a planned trilogy and uh, similar to, I guess, to Mass Effect, and more importantly, that the studio would be using Epic's Unreal Engine 3 for all of their current generation projects going forward. And this was shown... um, It was later, like, shown at E3 of 06 alongside Epic Games' powerhouse title and Unreal 3 brother, Gears of War, both of which had release dates in the same season. So, Unreal 3, really big deal. And, yeah, Austin's kind of going to dive into that a little bit of, like, why that partnership, like, while that that shaking hands over that actually ended up being
3: their demise. (laughs) So, flashback to 2004. I said Unreal Unreal Tournament 2004 was released on Unreal 2.5, quote-unquote. Unreal 3 was pretty heavy in development. And it had been since 2003, the year after Unreal 2 had come out. Again, Tim Sweeney, not a huge fan of making games, just really likes making engines. So the second he stops making one, he just starts making the other. He likes naming Uh, stuff, too. uh, Yeah. (laughs) If you do some research, you'll also find out that Unreal Engine 4 which came out in 2014, started development in 2006 or 2005. There's not actually a specific date I could find. But that game, that engine started development right after Gears of War came out, apparently, and was in development for eight years before it came out. So they, yeah, he just cranks these, these engines out. But they held a demo, again, at some nerd conference, couldn't find the name. Uh, Nerdcore. Yeah. Nerdcon. They held a demo for Unreal 3. 2000. And- uh, they showed off one of those pre-rendered things, you know. I don't know how into E three and everything. It was one where they showed a bunch of
2: balls dropping. Yeah, a dragon. You know, they're
3: just like, here's a random generic dude with a sword and like a chick with big boobs. And (laughs) look how how, look how bigger boobs are. That's (laughs) the power of Unreal Three. You know those (laughs) you know those demos. Uh,
2: Now I'm following you.
3: Yeah, (laughs) the video game industry is a is a hell of a sexist thing, Um, but. (laughs) So, first screenshots for the... Dennis Dayak has some thoughts on that. Oh, God. First screenshots (laughs) for Unreal 3's demo had uh, surfaced online. uh, And it was revealed as the next generation engine from Epic. Uh, This got a lot of people excited. When I say a lot of people, I mean a lot of developers. I don't think there were many people out there that were like, fuck yeah, dude, Unreal 3's coming. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. But... These these developers had a reason to get excited because Epic had finally announced that they were they were going to start focusing more on consoles. Uh, I said Unreal Two had been developed to work with consoles, Uh, and I said like games like Splinter Cell, which came out for Xbox and PS Two, were some of the first games to come out for the. uh, Hey,
2: Splinter Cell also came out on GameCube. That's where I played it. Oh, sorry. (laughs) You better.
3: You're right. You're right.
0: (laughs)
1: That's how um,
3: beats the death of the GameCube. Yeah. It's, got a, it's got a handle. It does uh, but but that, engine, that engine, Unreal 2 started out uh, as a PC engine. And when the PS2, Xbox, and GameCube started getting big, after Unreal 2 was way in development, they had uh, went back and made it work for these consoles. Um, but this time, they were going to start. They were going to develop the engine while the consoles were going to be developed. Right. So that they could get the most power out of these consoles that they possibly could. Uh, in retrospect, maybe not a great idea. Uh, I was about
2: to ask that. I was yeah. like, Does it seem like?
3: Because uh, developing consoles change a lot. Uh, as we've learned, if you listen to our Xbox episode, you will learn that sometimes the final <laughs> hardware... Everything works out exactly the way you want it. <laughs> sometimes the final <laughs> hardware for a console isn't decided on until like six months before the thing comes out. So... Developing it in tandem with these consoles was uh, was a good idea, as we'll you know learn because Unreal Three was huge, like Randy said. But uh, in the beginning, there were there were some growing pains. Unreal Four, I don't think had a huge game from Epic, but up until this point, oh. Epic made their games their engines for their games, and then let other people use them. So this time around, uh, they had cut some deals. They cut a deal with PlayStation and Microsoft. Each one of them would get an exclusive game for their console developed on Epic's new Unreal Engine Who made out better here? Uh, (laughs) Microsoft, as we learned. Uh, The PS3 exclusive was Unreal Tournament 3? I don't... I thought, it was, <laughs> I thought it was championship. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. It's one of the two. It's I can describe the box. It's white it's, and red. It's white and red, yeah. yeah. I think it's
2: got a Roman numeral three on it. I think I it's
3: three. It's champions three? No. I think it's tournament three. Tournament though. three. It's called Unreal Tournament three, even though there was no Unreal Tournament two. There was an Unreal Champions chip two. Motherfucker.
1: Yeah, I know. Dude, just a... Just
2: a <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling this it's right just now. just a it's disaster. No, keep, keep going. It's just No, keep going. It is a goddamn disaster.
3: But, um... But that game was, uh, was cross-platform with PC, obviously, because if you announce a sequel to a PC-exclusive series <laughs> yeah. and then announce it's only going to be on the PlayStation 3, people would get angry. So <laughs> it wasn't that big of an exclusive because it was mostly, I think it had cross-play.
2: Whoa, there was an Unreal, Tur- Unreal Tournament was on PlayStation 2? Yes. What the fuck. All right. So I, I mentioned the box art, by the way. This, I just have to bring this up because it's brilliant. It was Unreal Tournament three, and it has the Unreal symbol on the front of the box. Yeah. Yeah. It's the like he- the
1: logo of the game. I thought it's the same as the engine's It's the Unreal. Logo. It's the engines logo. Yeah. It's the U. Yeah, but yeah. like
2: the how many other game series has the engine logo
3: front and center on their Bud. box? Yeah. Like it's. Um. But yeah, no one, no one was hugely excited about that because you were just. Basically, you were... Oh, this was on 360 as You well. were giving people an inferior version of the PC version. And yeah, yeah, it did later come to 360. It wasn't that big of an exclusive. The big exclusive, as Randy mentioned, was Gears of War. And this yeah, was... a little th-
1: bit. little game.
3: Yeah. <laughs> this was the thing that got people excited. The yes. engine demo was the thing that got developers excited. That was the system selling. This was the thing sure. that got people excited. Uh, you know, we could go on for days about demos and trailers for Gears of War. Everybody remembers the Mad World trailer (laughs) for Gears of War. Um, Donnie
2: Darko fucking cover.
3: (laughs) But basically, Gears of War was a good game, sure, but it was meant as a technical showcase. They were trying to show people the power of their new engine on these consoles. Um, There are even rumors that a running demo of Gears of War was shown to Microsoft. Microsoft was still in development on the Xbox 360, and they were trying to decide on the specs of the thing. They were just trying to decide between giving it 256 megabytes or 512 megabytes of RAM, <laughs> and Epic Games showed them a demo of Gears of War running on a, a 256 gigabyte Compared or megabyte uh, dev kit and <laughs> one running on a 512 dev kit, and that is the thing that made Microsoft decide to make that console 512 yeah. megabytes. Wow. So, um, Makes
1: sense. I mean, that game kind of is fucking incredible in that time period. Yeah.
3: Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this was also a huge game for Microsoft because people were excited about it. Uh, Epic had a history, and, and Microsoft's own game series weren't, weren't going to be...
2: That was their big holiday release. Yes, they sure. weren't
3: going to be ready in time for the consoles launch. Halo 3, as we found out, came out in 2007, a whole year after Gears of War. But for the holiday of 2006, Microsoft needed a big game to keep selling their console to kids at Christmas, and Gears of War was that game. But uh, just like consoles, the engine, which was being developed in conjunction with the consoles, was very much in flux. By the time Gears of War came out, I don't even think the PlayStation 3 was launched, or it had just launched. So, like, the the, the the engine was very much in flux the whole time, too. They weren't sure. They wanted to optimize this engine to work on these consoles, but since the consoles weren't decided on, the engine was also not fully realized and decided on. And also, Epic was now much more focused on making this engine easier to use for other people. They were working on Gears of War, but they wanted their engine to be as easy as possible to use.
1: Yeah, so they can make a ton more of this sweet fucking deals. Yeah,
3: um, Makes sense. And using licensed game engines, as I said, can be a lot easier for studios, um, but it's not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, it's not like a plug and play thing. Yeah. Or you just like they give you Unreal not. the Unreal Engine, and then you just draw a bunch of shapes and throw them in there, and it spits out a game. Like you still, your team still has to have the technical know-how of how to use the engine. It still yeah, requires exactly. a lot of coding and stuff like that.
1: Or every game would be Gears of War.
3: <laughs> so in the Unreal for a two- while it, was kind of, it kind of like kind of worked. No, yeah. Just kidding. In the Unreal Two days, uh, Epic had started the practice of hiring employees just to support developers. They had a whole division. They had a whole team working on games like Gears of War and Unreal Tournament Three. But they also had a whole team whose entire job was to just go out to studios who were making Unreal games and help them. Yeah, it was to field calls from people and being like, "Why is your engine broken?" And they had to be like, "It's not broken. You're doing it wrong," and then <laughs> show them how to do it. They even got- I bet that
2: division start would grow bigger and bigger and bigger over time. Yes, yeah.
3: when Unreal Three came out, that division was huge. Yeah, so much so that Epic didn't exactly have the space or money to really hire a team the size they would need to field all of the requests from other Unreal 3 developers. So they started making contracts with other studios (laughs) to basically just be houses that were built to just help other people make Unreal games. Right. Um, Two of these studios uh, you may have heard of, uh, Digital Extremes, I mentioned before, um, helped develop the Unreal Tournament games. they later went on to make games like Dark Sector, and then eventually Warframe. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of these studios was Psyonix. mediocre, who hope, people hope may recognize. <laughs> Once again, they made mods. They started out making mods for Unreal Tournament. Were later hired by Epic. They helped develop Wow, Years the of valve War strategy. They helped yeah. develop games like Mass Effect, mm-hmm. and they later went on to make their own game called Rocket League. Yeah. Hey. A little game so, based.
1: All about the physics uh, it's all about the physics boy
3: I mean these studios these studios got so good at using Unreal, yeah really that they could just get anything they wanted out of these yeah. engines and I, and I'm sure there are more out there that probably aren't as popular that I don't need to name, but those two specifically were huge, and this practice really helped unreal's uh, reputation as a good engine to use because like I said the the engine licensing business was gaining a lot of steam, but it was, like, relatively new in the 2000s. And so, like, Epic also kind of pioneered the whole thing of, like, we're going to have people who basically live at your studio and help you use our engine. Right, um, Smart
1: idea. Yeah. yeah.
3: But despite a lot of this, um, hmm. there were studios out there that still had some trouble using Unreal. Um,
2: well, certainly it's not my boys in Silicon Knights. They know what they're doing.
3: Yeah, they put a sword in their logo.
2: Yeah, they put a sword in their logo.
3: <laughs> there were plenty of studios out there uh, who got games shipped out. Mm-hmm. And you can go on the internet and you can find stories of people being like, Unreal's a nightmare to use. I hate it. Mm-hmm. But it's just people bitching about their jobs. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. games like Mass Effect. And so- I keep using Mass Effect as an example, but it's a great example. There are other games that used Unreal 3 like Mirror's Edge and Dishonored. Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Like, you know, they came out, they're great games, and I'm sure no game that came out during that period was a hell of a lot of fun to develop. Video games tend to be hard (laughs) things to make. Yeah. Uh, But, like, there are a lot of interviews of people, you know, kind of bitching and being like, Unreal was kind of a nightmare to use. Epic didn't have great documentation or whatever. Um but I mean, what shut up and built your own engine then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well,
1: you don't have the time or money or manpower. <laughs> yeah. It's then funny you should bring up. that up
3: because yeah. one studio in particular got <laughs> so fed up with Epic and their bullshit <laughs> that they decided that they were gonna path. use they were gonna make their own engine and they yeah. were gonna show Epic how it's done. <laughs> and that studio <laughs> goes by the name Silicon Knights. Woo! So I'm gonna pass it back to Randy to talk more about. Too Human Alright,
2: Too Human Everybody's favorite Xbox 360 exclusive You throw out Your Gears of War You throw out Your Halos Never heard of them You throw out Your uh What else was uh, Exclusive on the 360 I was trying to think Of something stupid Fable Fable Yeah Oh, Fable two and three. Fable one was an original. Uh,
3: two human listed a lot for a lot of different sources as one of the biggest flops in the Xbox 360's history. Yes,
2: <laughs> and uh, and and this is so uh, this is, which is great because that game had a that budget too human
1: for you. Oh.
2: <laughs> that game Fixed had a bu- budget between sixty to eighty million dollars, quite a bit at the time. Uh, now I mentioned, uh, that this game and Gears of War were both supposed to come out in holiday of 06. Guess which one missed its release date? Hey low.
0: Well, <laughs> I guess that's true. That, that, was an that yeah. oh, wasn't an option. Oh,
2: sorry. too Human misses its 2006 holiday release date. Um, but Gears of War, on the other hand, came out and they,
3: uh, they did hit their date. And, and kind of set the world on fire. It kind of set the world on fire. Yeah. Critical
2: and commercial acclaim And, um... I don't know. I got into a weird accent there with "claim." Claim. <laughs>
3: that's a video game developer, also. Yeah, and uh, it is
2: no longer around. They made Burnout.
3: Yeah. Great guys. Um,
2: eh. well, you know, but um,
3: so. Yeah, I heard they were all rapists. <laughs> <laughs> did they also make BMX XXX. Yeah, they did.
2: That's part of what. It, that's part of what killed them, actually. Um, but, uh, but so the the uh, development on this game took. Uh, Two more years to complete? Finally hitting shelves on August nineteenth, two 2008. And this is a whole year after the lawsuits against Epic were filed, what I mentioned earlier. Um, Despite a heavy marketing push featuring documentary films and, uh, at the time, the most downloaded action demo in the history of Xbox Live, they had over 900,000 downloads uh, for the demo of this, Uh, the game failed to connect with critics and uh, audiences upon release. Uh,
1: Yeah.
3: When did it come out? Do we know? 2008. September 2008? August. I just said it. August. August. Sorry, Uh, I was just mm, just trying to say
1: there was a black president before this game came out. That's how long it was in
3: development. (laughs) No, it wasn't. (laughs) That year, I was saying. He was sworn in in 2009.
2: (laughs) It's true. It takes a while. Um, So this game only scored uh, around 65 on Metacritic.
3: I, I beat it. Never mm-hmm. said I liked beating it. Uh, I assume this, that was... This should, I don't know. this should be This should be specified right now. How Not long, a great game. How long was that game? Was too long. I don't remember.
2: <laughs> Demo it was too long. It should have been a title too
1: long. Am I right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so as I mentioned, this game scored about a 65 in Metacritic. It sold around 168,200 copies within the first month. Yeah,
3: one of them's your boy right over here. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, in a later interview with Dennis, uh, he stated that the game pulled in at about 700,000 units in its lifetime worldwide sales overall. Yeah,
3: less game copies sold than copies of the demo downloaded. (laughs) Oh my God, that's (laughs) totally true. (laughs) That's how bad that demo was. Boy. Yeah, maybe that demo was not a good idea. It wasn't, but I still bought the game because I'm a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, So many fans and game outlets were pretty disappointed considering the long development time of the game and the pedigree of the studio, myself included. Um, Those higher up at Silicon Knights very quickly blamed the quality of the final product on Epic and its Unreal Engine 3, even filing a lawsuit against them that I mentioned earlier during the game's development. So... It, like the game wasn't even out by the time that it hit the press that this like a- attack basically was going on well austin mentioned other company other game companies were still using this engine and releasing their product their like their projects at the same time yeah so like it was already pretty much like flawed from the start because they were if they were be basically being like yo your engine's fucked there's a bunch of examples already why out there not. why <laughs> it's not but the lawsuit specifically to get into the details of that, uh, like I said, it was filed a year before the game came out, which the game came out in August of 08. The lawsuit it was revealed uh, in that I, I guess this was in this was on July 19th, 2007. This is 13 months before. Then they sued Epic Games due to, quote, breach of contract, including inadequacies of Epic support, service, and cooperation with Silicon Knights concerning the engine, concerning Unreal 3. Silicon Knights also accused Epic of missing the deadline to provide a fully functional version of their engine in time to finish development on the game. Despite the fact that Gears of War came out in 2006.
1: Without the unfinished version. Yeah. And I highly doubt that was in the contract anyway. There's no way Epic Games would say, we'll have it done by the time your game's finished. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like that wasn't involved. They,
2: they went as far as to say on top of that, in the suit, that Epic Games was quote-unquote sabotaging Unreal 3 licensees. So, Jeez, which,
3: yeah. not true. I don't, I don't know if I said this, but uh, they had switched at this point. Before the lawsuit was filed, they scrapped Unreal. They came out and they said yeah. we lost millions and millions of dollars using this uh, piece of shit, shit engine. engine yeah. So they developed their own engine. Uh, in in the the world of creative names, it was <laughs> called the Silicon Knights Engine. <laughs> <Woo>!
2: <laughs>
1: Jesus. <laughs>
2: I keep wooing, but it's a
1: sword I mean it. going through an engine. To be fair, be a what's
2: the the fucking the fucking the the Metal Gear the Phantom Pain engine is called like the Fox engine, Fox which engine. is and and the newest Resident Evil. Well, that's
1: creative integrity. Back off, a little Kojima. bit.
2: <laughs> More creative than Capcom's the engine that Resident Evil Seven uses is just called the RE engine. <laughs> yeah, both of those engines are incredible, but.
3: They've yeah. gotten better at it. The Assassin's Creed engine is called the Anvil engine. That's pretty cool. That pretty the cool. Division engine is called the Snowdrop engine. That's that all right. Kind of yeah, that's good. Yeah. What? Oh, wait, no, what? the that. Snowdrop? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Uh, does it? Siege runs on the Assassin's Creed one, right? Anvil, yeah. yeah. And then there's the Frostbite. Everybody knows Frostbite. Yeah, that's Frostbite. EAs. Yeah. yeah. Classic. That sounds cooler. They've gotten better at it. <laughs>
2: but. Uh, Epic's licensing document stated that a working version of the game engine would be available within six months of the Xbox 360 developer kits uh, being released. Uh. So, Silicon Knights claimed that not only did Epic miss this deadline, but when a working version of the engine was eventually released, the documentation was insufficient, as Austin said earlier. Um, the the you know some claims that devs had working on this thing yeah. so so they continued to say that epic had withheld uh, vital improvements to the game engine stating that they were game specific quote unquote I got to keep doing that um, just because to, to make sure that these aren't my words coming out while yeah. also using licensing fees to fund development of its own titles rather than the engine itself basically saying that yeah. they were calling epic games selfish yeah. and that like they were focusing more all, on, their own titles more like on gears and stuff than other game companies were on titles that were using the same engine.
3: But, again... Wow,
1: big wah. I yeah. Don't know, maybe, or, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Like, no, they'll get their comeuppance.
2: <laughs> so, within a month of this lawsuit basically getting out there,
3: right.
2: uh, we were soon going to learn that Epic was not going to take it sitting down. No. Um... And so, at this point, it was revealed, uh, Austin, what did Epic
3: Games do? So, one month later, in (laughs) August, like Randy said, Epic's decided to counter-sue Silicon Knights. Rather than than just defend themselves. Yeah. They said, no, 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 no. (laughs) You're wrong. You violated your contract, and you're paying us. Yes. So, Epic claimed that the contract stated that in writing, that Unreal 3 Engine was still in development when they signed the contract, and that it would still be in development while both games, Gears of War and 2 Human, were being made. Direct quote from Epic states, Celcon Knights knew when it committed to the licensing agreement that Unreal Engine 3 may not meet its requirements and may need, or may not be modified to meet them. Dot, dot, dot. You fuckers. Yeah. So they're <laughs> saying that if, it, if it's later decided that Unreal Engine 3 is not what you need to make too human. Don't sue us.
1: Yeah. <laughs> because it says in the contract that if it doesn't meet your
3: requirements, we're not going to modify it to meet them. Um, Just imagine somebody
2: at Epic Games getting the phone call to getting sued. And it's like, Are you fucking kidding me?
3: <laughs> uh, here's the important part of this whole thing. Uh, like I stated, at the time... That the lawsuit was filed, uh, Silicon Knights had already abandoned Unreal 3. Yeah. And they had decided to make their own Silicon Knights engine.
2: Which I didn't know until I fucking looked up the box for this game. Yeah. I was looking at the box art for the front and back, and I was like, Where's the
3: Unreal fucking logo? And it's not on it. The interesting thing is if you if you look it up now, it says that T Human was developed on the Unreal engine. And we'll, yes. get, we'll get to why. That's what fooled me. Yeah. We'll get to why later. Yeah, but, yeah we will. Uh, oh, I guess we'll get to it right now. <laughs> Epic, Epic claimed that this new engine infringed on its own copyrights. Uh, these included stolen code, <laughs> trade secrets, industry know how, and other insider information.
1: Yeah, so basically, they already had access to it. So, like, well, that works pretty good. Yes. That works pretty good. They
3: fucking repurposed that? it and reused yeah, exactly. it for their own. Part yeah. of the licensing agreement is that you get the source code to Unreal Engine Three, right. because a lot of developers who are good at their jobs have to find ways yeah, to yeah, modify exactly. the modify engine. It. But you still pay Epic the fee. Yeah. Uh, if and you read a lot about the development of Bioshock Infinite, which used Unreal Three, yes, um, you'll read that. Uh, They use a significantly modified version of Unreal Three in order to get that game to look and run as good as it does. Oh yeah, but it's still they still paid Unreal or they still paid Epic to use Unreal, and they still put the logo at the beginning of the game. Here's the
2: fucking crazy thing though: like they they already signed a deal saying that that was the engine that they were going to use exclusively. So like, even if they fucking didn't steal, they were already breaching contract. Yeah, Yeah. like
3: they just they just shot themselves in both feet rather than one. Um. Silicon Knights had also violated its contract by making a deal with Sega to begin development yes. on a new title. <laughs> and they had begun using their modified version of Unreal 3 without paying Epic Games another licensing fee. So they're Whoops. saying. Th- so this but we is- named it different. <laughs> this is the part where Randy's uh, talk <laughs> about the. Them using Unreal for all games in this generation comes into play. Yeah, because
1: that's all I was about to say. Part yeah, of that deal was every
3: that. time you develop a game, you use our engine and you pay us a licensing fee. And the second game they made that generation was a game with Sega, and they started using Unreal Three, a modified version of it, uh, without paying Epic a licensing fee. <laughs> um, here's the interesting part, and we'll get to the end of the lawsuit a little later. But this this is an interesting tidbit I wanted to insert here, that came out during the trial. Uh, Silicon Knights actually didn't deny that they took code. Oh, Um, really? They said that they took mathematical formulas, Hmm. and they said that mathematical formulas are not protected under U.S. copyright law. You can't copyright mathematical formulas. Wow. Um, Well, that makes uh, sense, I guess.
1: Um, If you could use two words to describe computer code, which
3: two would you use? Mathematical formulas. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, they claimed that zero it was, and one. Zero they claimed everybody. that in, in the, the the mass amount of code mm-hmm. that they were delivered when they got the Unreal source code, they claimed that they used less than half a percent of that code in their own engine. Uh, Epic said that doesn't sound right. Some people did some investigating, and it turned out it was closer to twenty yeah. percent, or Big one dip. or one fifth of the source code. Yeah, which is a much Unreal bigger deal. Three, <laughs> which is a much much bigger deal. Yes. yes. And the interesting thing is that even though they were being accused of stealing code in their new engine, they decided, you know what? Fuck it. Let's just keep using the engine. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to pass it back over to Randy to talk about the continued use of the stolen engine.
2: <laughs> so <laughs> literally while all the stuff was going on, they were like, let's make another game. Yeah, let's get out there. Let's get out there. Uh, so they made a Gotta game. move the stolen code, boy. <laughs> this was uh, they developed. Uh, <laughs> have you heard of a game called X Men Destiny? No, no.
1: no uh, wait, is it like a, a top down? Yes, kind yes. of. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or like
2: isometric, not top. Yes, down, yeah. this was actually one of the first games uh, I ever red boxed because this game came out around the time that they started uh, to, to get out there. Um, but X-Men Destiny was a beat-em-up action RPG based on the X-Men comics and characters, obviously. They even credited a major writer of said comics as a collaborator. But they made this deal with Activision in 2009 as the publisher when they held the Marvel license at the time for video games. This was yeah. before, you know, all the uh, the changes with that stuff and Disney and all that. But uh, this game, uh, as also mentioned, this was also using that code from the two-human engine. The modified and real shit. Yeah, But... Anonymous claims from employees came out stating during the dev- that the development team was split, actually, between that game and the not yet announced or named Eternal Darkness 2. Um, with most of their management team feeling pretty indifferent towards X-Men Destiny. Everybody in the, on staff wanted to work on Eternal Darkness. They didn't give yeah. a shit about this crappy X-Men game. This was like, you know... This this is pretty much their commercial tie that were that they were just like hey maybe we'll make some money from this funnel that into Eternal Darkness that was the the thing that the fans that a lot of fans wanted um, not that Eternal Darkness was like a huge seller but that was the most passionate like that any that gamers felt about the projects that they've put out so far yeah exactly but um, Dennis Dyak responded with this saying that the budget on the project was drastically reduced due to Marvel's acquisition. By Disney in 2009, when I was mentioned. So, like, it's it's funny that like Activision held the Marvel license when I'm sure that like all those deals were made prior to this game, like starting development, and in the middle that 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 deal happened. But so he, wait,
1: you're telling me Disney bought something and then it went wrong afterwards,
2: <laughs> or things got worse? <laughs> I know. It's, Never it's heard really, of it's, that it's, before. Yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Um, <laughs> remember Lucasfilm? No. So he. <laughs> So he he went on he asserted this point pretty hard like he continued to assert that the perception of the indifference had to do with the resources uh, like at the developer being reallocated in response to that to that shift in budget. Yeah. Um the team was not informed of this to maintain morale. So yeah. like higher ups at the company knew about the budget of the game suddenly being slashed. <laughs> All the poor schmucks that, you know, all the code monkeys, no idea. Um, despite this, development still continued, and X-Men Destiny was officially released on September 27th, 2011. On God. And it was released on the Xbox 360, the PlayStation 3, the Wii, and the Nintendo DS, with them even doing the handheld version. Usually most so studios... It never,
1: so it never came up that the budget was slashed. It didn't matter, I guess? Um, I mean,
2: I think they just more were like, you know... I, I'm sure people found out, but it was never really made. Like the scale of the game just kept getting reduced and reduced, and you know Gosh. until eventually it was just like we gotta get this thing out the door. It also received pretty universally poor reviews.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: with scores for each version falling somewhere between a 47 and a 33 percent on Metacritic. Class. Um, <laughs> yeah. With most reviewers drawing attention to the sluggish and button-mashy gameplay, its short campaign, and complete lack of polish. In other words, Garbage. bad game. Bad game. Unfinished. Unfinished. Um, it's almost like his
1: budget was reduced steadily until it was forced out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, um, it's the worst. Yeah. When are we going to just unite and cut off all their fucking heads? Like, <laughs> we just need to make something happen. <laughs> All right, I'm officially changing this podcast. We're now a revolutionary podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Finally. (laughs) Um, Kotaku's Andrew McMillan tried to explore this outcome by publishing an article entitled What Went Wrong with Silicon Knights' X-Men Destiny? Uh, His story uncovered allegations from eight different anonymous sources from within the company that Dennis Dyack actually mistreated employees during this development. What? Yeah. McMillan <laughs> sought out responses from Dyack, but none of the members of Silicon Knights management team responded to his request for comment at the time.
1: Was he too busy being a sexist?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he really was. Um, uh, but this was a great article uh, if like to check out if you really want to go like deep behind the scenes uh, at Silicon Knights. Um during this time specifically, uh, Dennis was frequently called uh, by people working around him as being power hungry, but also aloof and disconnected from the uh, from actually making great games. They seemed like he he wanted to be this figurehead uh, who was out there making these announcements and these claims, almost like a Peter Molyneux type figure, but not really cr- like. What if you know, guys ever got a drink? <laughs> but not really, you know, being in close touch with the people that uh, like that who that matter when you're working on titles like this. Yeah. Um, he was also accused of of souring relationships with other publishers, uh, which is kind. Of, it's kind of funny when you think about the history of Silicon Knights that pretty major people working with them, but people didn't continue to work with them for long. Yeah. Um, you know, Yeah, you
1: keep Microsoft's, uh, you know, Yeah, Sega, so it's like, I can't, Im- I, yeah, all so like, I can't like, imagine all, all these
2: people, like, feeling, you know, like, this seemed like a risky partner, essentially. Like, you know, like, it's like, after this stuff, like, it, 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 none of this stuff was a secret that was going on with Epic Games and Microsoft. You have to imagine Activision just being like, whoa, like, you know, yeah. like, you know, but
1: it is what it is. Nobody wants uh, to be him. friends with the guy who steals your lunch. And then takes out the ham and goes, <laughs> "I'm gonna sell this lunch. It wasn't your lunch.
2: It seemed like you want it, this? It seemed like he was hands on on the wrong stuff, hands off on the wrong stuff. Yeah. Like, but he went on, kind of still continuing to spout the, you know, like what his company was gonna do and the things that they were gonna change. But here's where uh, everything kind of uh, stops working out for him." <laughs> um, there was a, uh, on May 30th, 2012, uh, Epic Games prevailed in the lawsuit and officially won its countersuit. Yeah! Against Silicon Knights <laughs> for uh, $4.45 million with an injury award that was later doubled due to uh, prejudgment interest, attorneys' fees, and costs. Now, Austin has a breakdown of exactly how much they lost and where this all went. So why don't you take it from here and uh, let right. everybody know where that, uh, that sweet uh, two-human money was going.
3: So they have, I have $9 million Epic was owed. This was $4.5 million in damages, as yeah. Randy said. <clears throat> $2.3 in in prejudgment interest, which is basically interest... Uh, interest accrues the longer a case goes on. So yeah. since they dragged it out from 2000, and, what was it 2007, 2007, all the way up yeah. to 2012, they had to pay basically f- uh, five years of interest, uh, another 2.1 million in attorneys' fees, and another 278 thousand dollars in costs. On them, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got, they got shit on.
2: Now, consistent with Epic's counterclaims, the presiding judge uh, named James C. Denver III, yeah? Classic. Uh, uh, stated that Siliconites had, quote, deliberately and repeatedly copied thousands of lines of Epic Games copyrighted code and then attempted to conceal its wrongdoing by removing Epic Games copyright notices and by disguising Epic Games' copyrighted code as Silicon Knights' own. Evidence against Silicon Knights was labeled as being overwhelming,
3: said uh, the judge. Yeah,
1: I was about to say, he just said it about as good as anybody could it's have said It's a pretty fucking
2: open and shut case <laughs> yeah. for him. I,
3: I remember reading something about their, they found a misspelling in the code that was still there, Brilliant. or something like that. Brilliant. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, it was, they, he stated that it was not only copied functional code, but also non-functional. Eternal comments from uh, Epic Games programmers that left for themselves, like little personal notes that, that for them. Like, for, those, it was,
3: for those of you that are not programmers, uh, you can write stuff in the code and then put a little thing before it that you leave notes for other programmers that get into the code. Nice. So, yeah, so there were a lot of Jan, comments don't touch my lunch in the fridge. <laughs> there were a lot of comments stuff. in there that they left in that some guy at Epic was like, "Yeah, I wrote that." And then I think that's where one of the misspellings was. <laughs> yeah.
2: The third, and then, the third floor women's bathroom needs the toilet paper changed. Yeah, it's all well, in there.
1: I was just thinking, wouldn't it be funny if they like stole it and then they were like, "We're remaking our own because yours sucks," and then it still didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> And now, as a result of this, Silicon Knights was forced in November of that year to recall and destroy all unsold copies of their Unreal Engine games, including 2Human and X-Men Destiny. And this also included the many unreleased projects that were still internally in development at the time, such as a game called The Sandman, based on Neil Gaiman's DC comic... The Box, uh, which was an open-world horror title heavily rumored to be the next Silent Hill game at the time, until changes to the publisher, uh, Konami, led it to be known as The Ritualist. That was the game that they brought to s- the aforementioned Sega, oh. um, which is, you know, the other nail in the coffin.
3: And later, apparently, tried to pitch it to THQ also.
2: Oh, did they really? Yeah. Okay. Um and finally, a third game called Siren in the Maelstrom. Kind of a cool title, but not, like, not much was ever really revealed about that game.
1: Yeah, most of you sound like crap. <laughs>
2: what
1: about Eternal Darkness 2?
2: Well, I'll, I will get to that. Eternal Darkness mm. 2 didn't end up well for them either. In January of the next year, uh, by the way, 2Human officially removed from all digital fronts across all platforms. Well, X-Men Destiny hung out on the shelf for... Uh, another year. It was eventually taken down on January first, twenty fourteen, uh, as per that twenty twelve lawsuit, as well of as well as the then loss of Marvel's rights from Activision.
1: Yeah, but I think I remember seeing X Men: Destiny when I worked at GameStop. Like, yeah, remember seeing you were it. like, "What's this piece of shit? <laughs> I can put my coffee on it."
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so here's uh, basically we're gonna get to this is the uh, this is the I'm gonna read off the grave of uh, Silicon Knights here. Uh, So even before that uh, X-Men game was delisted, it was revealed in 2013 that Silicon Knights was also involved in a dispute with Ontario's Federal Economic Development Agency. Um, They received apparently a loan of around $4 million back in 2010 for the development of a new mainstream video game that would create more than 65 new jobs. Repayment was scheduled around the time that this news broke. But the Ontario government officials refused to disclose any information to the media regarding. Yeah. So they had they were they had ambitions. Yeah.
1: Uh, exactly.
2: They were on track to do big things, and did not work out for them. Shortly after this, Silicon Knights filed a uh, a new appeal in the Epic Games case, with the closure of the company being announced to the press of, in May of 2013.
1: Best move they've done yet.
2: Yeah, so technically at this point, Silicon Knights had not yet filed for bankruptcy, uh, and the studio's chief financial officer, Mike Mays, insisted that the studio was definitely still alive. My air quotes, (laughs) you know, not getting bigger, but, uh, Austin can tell us a little bit about this, uh, this appeal that they tried to do here. (laughs) And how, uh, you can probably guess how that went out for them.
3: Okay, yeah. So they tried to appeal the lawsuit on a couple claims. Disclaimer: not a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, in order to figure out exactly, not? no, I'm not. Ex- Why'd you
2: represent me? In,
3: <laughs> in order to figure out exactly what they appealed, I had to read court documents and somehow did not shoot myself. Um,
2: <laughs> yeah, me and Chris looked at your screen for a second and were like, "Nope." <laughs>
3: um, but- I leave the law to the fancy law man. Sorry. So uh it boils down to uh essentially silicon knights came out and were like, that was unfair. You were on their side the whole time and you helped them win. Um We just did little stealsies, not big ones. <laughs> um They they argued that the they were misrepresented in their fraud. Um <laughs> they argued that yeah, their lawyers lied to them, and then they
1: took one quarter of their lawyers, you know, defense plan and rewrote the
3: rest of it the case. Um, uh, they also had uh, expert testimony. You remember before how I told air you? quotes on that, yes. by the way. Yeah, remember b- before how I told you that you could on. um you could go online and find a bunch of people bitching about their jobs and how hard Unreal 3 was to use. Yeah, yeah. Silicon Knights tried to bring some of these people into the courtroom as (sighs) quote-unquote expert witnesses and explain how hard Unreal 3 was to be like, see, it's not just us. (laughs) But the court dismissed this evidence as hearsay Mm. because... Uh, people's opinions about how shitty their jobs are yeah. not admissible in court. All right, here we are. Next testimony from Jews did
1: flatter. <laughs> he said he used to work uh, with Unreal, and it's, it was
3: horrible. It was real hard to work with. Um, they also tried to appeal how much they had to pay Epic. Hmm. Um, like Randy said, it started out as about four point four five million, and then was then more than doubled to nine million. Um, the court said that. The original $4.5 claim was profit generated as a result of the use of infringed code. So that was estimated profits for X-Men Destiny and Two Human. Yeah. Um, But then it was later doubled because Epic was entitled to, quote, Recover both the actual damage suffered as a result of the infringement and any profits the infringer uh, gained by infringing. (laughs) Hmm. So that's the reason it was doubled because <laughs> they got paid damages and then they got paid any profits that two hu- or that two human and X Men Destiny made using the infringed code.
2: And the judge was like, "I don't like your dumb face." Also, do you want to take the
3: how the outcome of this appeal went?
2: Yeah. So you know this uh, definitely still alive studio that they claimed. Uh, <laughs> so um, by the way, so it, it uh, this also got out uh, an unnamed source. Um, around this time, told Polygon that most of the company's employees were already laid off back in mid of 2012. Yeah. Uh, while Dyack, along with a core group of now ex-employees, secretly went on to form a new company called Precursor Games yeah. around the same time. Um, a company that Mr. Dyack became the chief creative officer of, which he finally addressed this change following the closure Uh, via an announcement on the Silicon Knights official forums with a post reading. uh, I'm going to read this verbatim here. It has been a very long time. I am sorry I was away so long. It was not intended, and I truly regret that I could not interact with you all. I wanted to do so... But it simply was not an option for me at this time. I really hope you can understand. As most of you already probably have seen, I am no longer at Silicon Knights, and I joined Percursor Games some time ago. I look forward to seeing what we can accomplish with the, with the community and our crowdsourcing campaigns. I do see that some people are disappointed at the way things turned out. Uh, so was I, and many others, believe me. Many fans and members of the site did not take to this well. Yeah. Because, you know what he did? Uh, he was, uh, he ran out to do a Kickstarter. But, before, while he did this, he was asked by many people to respond to that now year-old Kotaku article. Uh, the one mentioning all the shitty work conditions at his company. And basically what the fuck happened with that last piece of crap game. Um, and the precursor, this new company started their CEO, Paul, uh, I don't know. He was the one who said, you got to respond to these allegations. We can't go off and start a new company with this stuff still sitting there. Um, So, Dennis Dyack made a video, uh, and it was created directly addressing the allegations published by Kotaku, as well as the additional allegations that spread across the internet, uh, unrelated to that original piece. In the video, he he claimed that Kotaku had accused him of embezzling funds. Kotaku, of course, came out and they were like, we don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah. There was nothing, there was no claims of that in that, in that report at all.
1: Yeah. Um, Here's the article. Yeah, it's still fucking <laughs> yeah, it's there. still
2: there. Uh, seven, there were other original sources that did say that, but like during the production of that article, but that's not where that came from. And you know what's a real good way to make yourself look guilty? Doing that, being like, "Yo, I didn't steal from that bank," and then everybody being like, "Wait, I we never said yeah, what? That you you did, what but bank? I guess we, now that we looked it up, you totally did, yeah." Um, and so uh, they, but they continue to go along with this uh, this campaign here. They on it was official on on May third, twenty thirteen. By the way, their other game's still fucking being taken down and all this shit. They they went and announced uh, an official crowdfunding campaign through PayPal seeking $1.5 million to finally create that now-announced spiritual successor to Eternal Darkness. They said, what happened to Eternal Darkness 2? Uh, under the title Shadow of the Eternals to be released on uh, PC and Wii U. In 12 two to four hour long episodes. Um so this was gonna be that switch like this was gonna be that sequel that everybody finally wanted. Yeah, sounds like it. (laughs) Yeah. Um ten days later, (laughs) a secondary fundraising campaign was launched on Kickstarter. That first one was just on their website, the second one was, was on Kickstarter and aimed to receive $1.35 million within 36 days. Being only halfway through their funding campaign in early June, the company uh, suddenly claimed a host of new exciting opportunities that will make the game better than we envisioned, and shut down both campaigns. They shut down both (laughs) funding campaigns, Uh, On the one on their website and the one on Kickstarter and refunded all the accumulated money that they got back to contributors and promised to relaunch a whole new campaign a few weeks later uh, to uh, the one that would reveal uh, more about these exciting new developments. Uh, And this is where the story kind of gets sort of dark, unfortunately. (laughs) Um... It's getting dark now Yeah uh, So late in June Precursor's founding member And co-designer Of both Eternal Darkness And Shadow of the Eternals Kenneth McCulloch Was arrested And pleaded guilty On, child, uh, on charges of child pornography Got him um, He was also an artist On To Human uh, I, don't, I don't know if he worked In X-Men Destiny But the studio at this point uh, Immediately severed all time uh, All ties with him Completely Yeah good move Good move um, I could get into details on the crime, but I won't. Because
1: then you'll be a child molester, right? That's how that works.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he was I'm a lo- sorry. He was a long- <laughs> he was a longtime artist and friend of the company, and unfortunately responsible for one of my favorite games ever made. So,
1: oh, that's rough. Dude. <laughs> it's, yeah, it that,
2: that, that was a little devastating to me. So, not letting that get them down, they launched. A third campaign to fund this game again. They did this on July 25th, a month after these yeah. these this. Eternal Darkness Two. Now with more less child molesters, <laughs> <laughs> and this time they scaled their goal down to seven hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, and instead of twelve episodes, the game was only going to be one eight to ten hour experience. They went on to show a nine-minute gameplay trailer of the game. Seemed kind of promising. And in creating the look of the game, they even went out and bought art assets from the now-almost-dead Silicon Knights, which were going to be used on the uh, original Eternal Darkness sequel before it was cancelled. Wait, that company was still around? It was still around. It was <laughs> it just, was like like
1: some, Yeah, I was about to say, it's just like some dead body in the trash. Yeah, and, and they like, went to go pick some pieces this off polaroid of it. out of his pocket real quick.
2: They, um... <laughs> And it was funny, although Nintendo still owned the rights to that original game, as well as the patent for the game's unique sanity meter, which I didn't bring up earlier, but that was the game that had, uh, that basically like, coined the the whole thing of like, once your candy was losing sanity, uh, the game would fuck with you in some crazy ways. It would like pull up messages on the screen that it was like wiping your memory card and unplugging your controller it was really fucking nice. cool That's it was crazy cool. at the time nice. yeah like playing that on an old CRT TV in my basement you, the the TV would like change channels and like change the volume up and down it looked like there were bugs on the screen and i remember like trying to move bugs off my screen it was really <laughs> convincing back then it was super fucking cool really um cool. But uh, Nintendo, they still holding on to that. Not doing anything with it, but they held on to it. Uh, Precursor Games' uh, the head, that dude Paul, can't pronounce his last name, stated that the studio was still in constant communication with Nintendo at this time, who were supportive of the game. Uh, despite all this, um, you know, what happened with that one guy, this ended up being their kind of lowest-funded campaign,
0: yeah.
2: basically, Yet yeah. That Shadow of the Eternals game failed all three, four, I don't know, of its of its crowdfunding campaigns and due to lack of funding uh, led to the project being placed on an indefinite hold and the demise of the of the newly formed precursor games in September of 2013 Um, the escapist went on to say that uh, what seemed like uh, they this uh, sorry the Escapist uh, magazine commented that, on that by saying, uh, What seemed like a fairly obvious slam-dunk sequel to a classic game has instead been a circus of multiple failed crowdfunding campaigns, child pornography, and outright lack of faith in developers. Uh, it certainly must be a discouraging Yikes. experience for everyone involved, but that's the double-edged blade of crowdfunding. The crowds occasionally just unfortunately do not want your Is game. that sword coming back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Somebody pulled that Silicon night sword out. Turns out it had a two-sided blade.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Kyle Hillard of Game Informer uh, also wrote that, Despite good intentions and the excitement surrounding the prospect of a sequel to the once great Eternal Darkness, Shadow of the Eternals has been plagued with issues since its original announcement. It's disappointing, but not too surprising that Precursor has decided to put the game on hold. I would still like to see the final game someday, but I'm not confident that we will be seeing or even hearing about the game anytime soon. Then, a year later, on May 16th, 2014, following the loss of all those court cases, the, uh, the, the zombied Silicon Knights officially filed for bankruptcy. And a circuit of appointment was issued by the Office of the Superintendent of Bankruptcy, putting this all to an end. Um, and that is pretty much the end of the story of Silicon Knights. As But for Dennis Dayak, he's still trying... Uh, this seemed like the end until late of that year in 2014. Dayak announced the formation of another company called Quantum Entanglement Entertainment Incorporated. What a bad name.
1: <laughs> yes, that's a bad name. <laughs> With the
2: aim of restarting production on The Shadow of Eternals, as well as potentially expanding the IP into movies and television.
1: Classic. Yes. He does not need money at all at this point, right? As,
2: uh, and as of this recording... Late 2018, nothing has come out of this, which is funny. It's funny that he wants to try and get into movies and TV. Initially, Eternal Darkness uh, actually had a bunch of like uh, independent film stuff around it, which is pretty interesting. Yes. But they were like trying to basically like incorporate other uh, art mediums into like the release of this game. But I don't think it's gonna work this time. I think uh, I think his career is uh, done. So. <laughs> <laughs> alright so with Silicon Knights uh, now dead and buried in the ground uh, what nobody happened nobody buried them they just <laughs> found the body Ugh.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they poked them away.
2: Our winners of the case, anyway, at uh, Epic Games, what happened to them? They well, faded into obscurity, right? Oh, uh, they're winners. <laughs> All right.
3: So, despite the supposed development trouble with the numerous people that Silicon Knights apparently had to shit on Unreal Engine 3, <laughs> uh, many games came out on Unreal Engine 3. Uh, it was a widespread engine. Uh, probably one of the most important video game things of that generation. Um, Oh, yeah. Powering games such as the Mass Effect Trilogy, uh, Rainbow Six Vegas 1 and 2, Mirror's Edge, all the Mortal Kombat and Injustice (laughs) games, Batman Arkham Asylum and its sequel, Borderlands and its sequel, Dishonored, Bioshock Infinite, XCOM, Life is Strange, and Rocket League. All... uh to yeah. name a few, there are a <laughs> lot. <laughs> all more. indie titles, uh, and and on top of this, we also have <clears throat> the numerous Gears of War sequels, as well as other games Epic developed, like Shadow Complex. Oh yeah, uh, and they even got the engine running on iOS and Android, and released games like Infinity Blade, and its sequels. I think there are like four of them. Uh, but yeah, Epic Games continued to find ses- success with Unreal. So much so that they spawned other competitors. One of the biggest competitors ended up being Unity, who you may have heard of. Um, And Unity decided that there there was a different way to do this thing. Rather than licensing out their engine during development, they realized that in order to court indie developers, who didn't have the money to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to buy an engine at the start of development, they would offer Unity up for free or for a very small licensing fee, depending on the size of the project, and then they would just take a cut of the profits later. Um, Epic decided (coughs) that this was a great idea. So at around, I think, 2012, they decided to make Unreal Engine 3 free to use. And then in 2014, its successor, Unreal 4, came out, and that engine was included in their launcher, which at the time, a lot of people were like, why do you have a launcher? Course now we all have it on our computers to play Fortnite. <laughs> um but if you if you take some time from dabbing on the haters <laughs> in Fortnite and click over a few tabs, you will see that you too can download the Unreal client and make your own video game. Yep. My roommate if, if you find enough time oh, between Fortnite matches. Um but yeah, they they changed the whole game. So this day and age, you wouldn't think that like any lawsuits would come up over the use of Unreal 4 anymore. There was no legal contract. It was a terms of service. It was like agreeing yeah. on iTunes now. <clears throat> Anybody can download Unreal 4. I have it downloaded on my computer. Uh, I tried to make something with it. It's hard to use. But um, yeah, it, now it's use our engine, use it as much as you want. But if you release a game with it, we get a cut of your profits. Yeah. And you got to put our logo in the front of it. Yeah. And. Seems um
1: And that's the same with Unity, you said too, right? Yes, Unity has the
3: logo in the beginning, and I think like you can you can pay for that to get removed. You can pay for it to get removed, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, and and you know, here we are, 2018, four years later. A lot of games came out using Unreal Four. One such game uh, you may have heard of, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Hmm. is made using Mm -hmm. the Unreal Four engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that the Fortnite for losers? Is that what that one is? Yeah, it's the bad Fortnite. <laughs> if you ever played Fortnite and thought, what if this ran worse and, wasn't, and didn't have all those cool costumes I, I think in that it. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, in May of 2018, Epic Games was brought to court once again. This time by the newly formed PUBG Corp, a subsidiary of <laughs> That same of guy Blue answers Hole. the phone. He's like, dude, really? <laughs> um, I beg you. you want to know what I did to the last guy that fucking
0: tried yeah. this shit?
3: You're not far off. Yeah. So at this time, PUBG Corp. was arguing that Epic was infringing on its copyrights, saying that everything in Fortnite was stolen. Hmm. Um, it was also rumored... Because, you know, both games, hugely original idea that they yeah. came up with. It was rumored that the PUBG Corp. also had very similar complaints to that of Silicon Knights. They thought that, like, Epic... They didn't like the person who made their engine having a direct competitor to them hmm. made on said engine. They thought... There was a lot of opportunity there. They never accused Epic of doing this, but they thought there was a lot of opportunity there for Epic to make enhancements to the engine to make it run, make the battle royale genre run better, and hold them back. And from that only Pump
2: happened G. because Fortnite got popular.
3: Yeah, like otherwise they wouldn't have cared. Yeah, like because yeah.
2: because the well, the cause... actual Fortnite game was in development for like forever. Like, yes. Oh
1: yeah, exactly.
2: It
3: and wasn't until, until the, the PUBG already
1: world, or... like the most played game fucking ever on the computer before Fortnite even really yeah. started oh, getting yeah. its pick yeah. up. I mean, yeah. Pub?
3: Fortnite started development after PUBG got really popular. Yeah. yeah. Well, Fortnite it got Battle relabeled. yeah, Battle, Fortnite. yeah exactly. Battle Royale started yeah, yeah. development. Fortnite's been in development since like 2009 or 2010 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. You can um, still
2: buy the boxed version of that game mm-hmm. that doesn't have the Battle Royale
3: mentioned, yeah. mode mentioned on it. Um but PUBG Corp wised up. The lawsuit was dropped <laughs> due to a number of factors. Number one being... It was stupid. Uh, Epic's, yeah, yeah, Epic's got a lot of lawyers, and they've proven themselves in the past. <laughs> also,
1: I gotta win this case. My son plays Fortnite. If it goes away, I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's
3: uh, gonna have anything to with his iPad while I'm neglecting him and his mother. I'll lose
2: custody. <laughs> <laughs>
3: there's there's a giant company in Asia who you may have heard of uh, named Tencent. Tencent, yes. yes. Yeah. Who... Right around the time Unreal 4 came out, decided, why would we keep paying Epic to use Unreal when we can just buy Epic? Mm -hmm. So Tencent bought Epic. Tencent also bought Bluehole, makers of PUBG. <laughs> <laughs> so it so yeah. the, the people way on high called and said, Hey, idiot, you're suing, you're suing yourself. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we own you both. That's the equivalent of the dad picking up the two sons that are fighting and by like their shirts and mashing them together. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Except he bought them both first. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: so the lawsuit was dropped because Tencent didn't like themselves suing themselves. But yeah, uh, Epic is now not only one of the biggest providers of engines to both indie games and to big studios, but they're also one of the biggest companies in the world due to the success of our collective favorite game, the official game of Hot Button, Fortnite. Oh,
0: Oh. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I think I've played Fortnite for a total of like I bought, Three and a half minutes I bought
3: the dab emote How much was it? Five dollars Do you have any regrets? None <laughs> Just making sure um, Which You know Now Epic has a You know they can say like Oh you know that big You know that big game Fortnite? Yeah that runs on yeah. Unreal 4 You know the, the shittier version of it PUBG That also, also runs, runs on, on Unreal, Unreal 4, 4. <laughs> You know the Beautiful. Radical Heights, the shittier, shittier version of PUBG that, that our Unreal former 4 also? <laughs> that our former employee made? Also Unreal 4. So they're oh, kind of the man. go-to engine for Battle Royale games. So they're they're doing all right now.
1: Yeah.
3: So what did we learn?
2: Uh, other than that one of my favorite games is made by a couple of dipshits and I'll never get a sequel to it.
3: The the, the thing I learned is that uh, if you wanna blame other people for your problems. Don't take it to court where you can be proven wrong pretty easily.
2: <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah,
1: I don't think there's a better lesson than that one.
2: <laughs> well, thank you for sticking with us, everybody. Uh, this has been Hot Button. Uh, I know this was, a, this was a pretty involved story, but uh, thank this you. This st- was a long one. Yeah. I got a sleepy. No. Wake Sorry, up.
1: We're late night. It's a late night session. I don't, you, guys, you guys don't know and and you're listening in whatever time period world you guys live in
2: uh, I'll put out yeah in the footnotes we'll say exactly what time to start it
1: yeah <laughs> for the full experience it's, exa- it's exactly
2: 11 p.m. right now yeah this is the middle of the day for me I'm feeling good I'm waking up now uh, so but uh, come back come back next week where we will have another exciting topic uh, next week's gonna be an-
1: couldn't. Uh, Don't say it, what it is. I was gonna say Fortnite. <laughs> it's it <is>. not Fortnite. I <laughs> know. Oh, I'm just kidding.
2: Yeah. Uh, you no. Know, you know what we'll keep doing? We'll tell Buzz every. Works. We'll tell everybody oh. that every the next episode's gonna be about Fortnite.
3: Every episode. Ooh. So nah, because that'll just disappoint me. <laughs> 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 and
1: right, what I'm more I'm gonna gonna do there the, to talk about?
3: <laughs> the Fortnite skin hour where every episode you give me five minutes to talk about all the new skins they added to No, Fortnite.
1: no. Each episode you do one whole hour on a single skin.
2: <laughs> so next week we're covering Leisure Suit Larry, right? Damn it, I gave it away. Yes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Chris, why don't you tell the fine people out there where you can find us?
1: Uh, Not go- on Pornhub. Uh,
2: Google? <laughs> <laughs> they, sh- they-, they shut down... Uh,
1: Google. They shut down Google. Google. <laughs> no, they should they shut down Google, Google Plus. Plus. Oh yeah. Okay. My future. She got scared for a second. <laughs> How am I supposed to look up? How am I supposed to blank anything? Oh, what oh I, No. What oh, am, no, am I, I supposed know. to ask Jeeves now? <laughs>
3: you can you can find us on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah. You can find us on Vine. Yeah. Uh, you we can are find on Vine. us on tum- What's that app where Tumblr. people just say
2: where they're smoking weed? Do you know what I'm talking about?
3: Facebook.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no you can't find us at hotbutton Button at siliconnights.com I think that email's still running. No, you can find us Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. Hop Button Cast. You guys want to plug your personal? Are you that vain? I'm Chris I Something. <laughs>
2: I'm
3: Restart Randy. Austin Blakesley. That's my Twitter handle. M name. <laughs> And uh and that has been
2: hot button. I think you're gonna say it with me. That has been hot button. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> hot button. <laughs> Take care.
0: See ya.